Hi, hello, assalamu alaikum. You're listening to an episode of Nims and Everything Under the Sun. I'm your host, Nims, and I am well fed and tired today. Nims and Everything Under the Sun is a podcast where I share blah 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 blah. blah. I lost track of where I was reading, but it's a reflective podcast. It's a reflective and personal podcast where I share thoughts. Or read essays I've written in an attempt to face myself, learn and unlearn and relearn about myself. Today's message of the day is forgive. Forgive. Forget. And heal. The reason why that's today's message of the day. Um, forgiveness is relatively easy to me. I'm pretty, I'd like to think I'm pretty easy with forgiving people forgetting is really what's difficult i can't forget and so my subsequent responses are usually based on the fact that i can't forget someone i can't forget what someone has done to me but i'm usually able to forgive and rationalize and understand and see where they're coming from and all those things there there are a lot of people that have actually just forgiven and i understand their you know standpoint but to forget that's something that i'm not great at and I realised that I needed to heal and so today, quick story before we get into today's essay, I I forgave my friend a long time ago but I didn't reach out to them just because first of all I'm not in a position to be reaching out to people if that makes sense. I, I think I overestimated what reaching out to people meant and I felt like to be able to reach out to them I had to get things in order and I think I spoke about it briefly in another podcast but I felt like I had to be able to you know dedicate time and space and energy towards them and because I felt like I'm not able to do that at the moment I haven't reached out to a few people and one of them ended up being a friend that we kind of had a falling out and that person they've been reaching out to me and i've just always missed their call and so today i finally picked their phone call and it was literally just like slipping on old shoes like everything was just back to normal and i kind of ranted as to why i first of all disconnected from them and like i really realized that my heart is like my heart's really swollen right now like i really miss this person so um thanks thanks you know thanks for being there they were like oh you know you've not spoken but i've been watching everything you're doing and you've actually done a lot and i was just like yo (laughs) that means a lot coming from you because you're always grilling me so like thanks thanks for being a part of my life man that's mad um yeah and you definitely hear when you definitely feel better so today's essay is on sexual harassment and so this essay is nims and sexual harassment so i'm gonna begin by reading it out offering my comment i'm gonna try stick my commentary to the end but as always, you can read the essay for yourself on my blog, www.brimerittenjohn.com forward slash blog. And you will most likely find the link to this here as well, because I'm not really promoting this pod much. I just put it on the blog and disappear. But yeah, let's begin. Nems and sexual harassment. So recently I've come to realise I experienced workplace harassment and the gravity of it is only really daunting on me now. I'm pissed to say the least. I'm pissed for several reasons and I'm still discovering new reasons. I can't ever think my thoughts through without reaching a blockade of anger, sadness, regret, guilt, disgust and shame. We learn and we grow. And when I think back on certain situations in my past, I can't help but think of how lucky I am to have survived this long with all the dumb-ish I've I've gotten up to in the years. But that's going off track. I was harassed and I'm pissed. I'm vengeful and saying it, admitting it makes me shameful. It was between 2013 and 2014. I was working in retail. My manager was Muslim. 
I could finally pray comfortably at work. Not that I couldn't before, but before I wasn't really understood. Or maybe that's what I projected, or maybe that was what the atmosphere was. Either way, prayer was something I did when the shop floor, the shop front quieted down. Quietened down, not when it was due. So working with a Muslim manager and being able to pray was a big deal to me. A few weeks after I started working, the store was hiring again and I got to work with my friend from uni. The store was relatively young and the atmosphere was fun and vibrant. We banter, gist and chill. Most of us part-timers were in our final year and we understood each other. I started off intent to work hard. I'd come from a more intense store. I'd come from a more intense store, so I didn't have to do much to prove myself. I quickly rose in reputation from newbie to trusted advisor, which mainly came with the responsibility of helping the others. Life was a pretty life was pretty much calm. Till one day my spidey senses kicked in. I started feeling uncomfortable around my manager. I couldn't put my finger on it directly, but I knew I hated being around him. His gaze lasted a little too long. I'd look up to find him staring at me. He'd stand a little too close. He seemed to always enter my space. I fobbed it off for the problem. I fobbed off the problem as being mine. I'm notoriously sensitive about my personal space and hate people encroaching. I felt I had to get over it because I couldn't expect everyone to understand my unsaid laws about personal space. So I kept quiet. He continued to stand closely and I continued to look for random reasons to naturally move away. I need a drink, I need to tie my shoe, what's going on outside, and sometimes randomly just helping someone. My behaviour towards him started to change. I grew cold and dismissive. I shortened my responses and replied with closed sentences. I began to dread doing late shifts because all the staff would have to close together and walk to the station together. Early shifts meant I could walk out on my own and the manager usually never does an, usually never does an early shift. I hated being called into his office. It was the size of a shoebox and you were literally recycling air with the other person in there. If I had to go in the office, I'd stand by the door leaving it slightly ajar. I'd fake a smile and keep it short and sweet so as to not prolong the conversation. However, I was still convinced it was all in my head and I was being sensitive. My fix for the issue was to just be cold and distant and hopefully he'd get the message. I didn't want to cause issues with my manager and I didn't have the vocabulary I do now to be able to highlight the issue properly. At most, what could I say? You stand too close and the way you look at me makes me uncomfortable. Even now I look back and I see that as asking for further problems. For him to explain he had no negative attention, for there to be an elephant in the room, for the rest of the staff to rush to his defence and talk about how great a guy he is, how he'd never do anything to harm a woman, how nobody saw it like that, it was just me. I read too much into it and now things are awkward. So I let it go. In the middle of the store was an oblong shaped island where the staff would naturally huddle around and chat during quiet times. During one shift we were all standing around and the manager came to stand too close to me once again. Our elbows were practically touching and naturally shifted a little to the side. So I'm just going to describe the um, storefront a little bit for you. So when you enter our store, there would be like a table and I worked in mobile retail. So in that oblong table, like the island in the middle, would be like, you know, um, new products, phones and stuff, you know, live models so you can play with. So people would naturally, even um, customers would naturally go there, you'd be drawn there and you can play around with the phones, try them on and stuff. And then on the other, on the outskirts, 
so along the outside of the store would be more live models so most of us would naturally stand around the circle play with the phones go on the internet you know all sorts that particular day we were all around the circle and i remember two of our two of the friends was opposite me and i was on the other side excuse me and i was on the other side and my manager literally came and you know normally when you like on, on a high table if you stand on it you kind of lean on it as well you lean your elbows on it and stuff like you're you're really comfortable and relaxed so i was on the table my manager came and he leaned right onto the table and he was literally like on me if that makes sense like he literally came and stood right next to me leaning right on me and so i had to kind of like shift and move to the side but then he'd like spread out a bit and he's someone who yeah like it was just a lot like i'm i'm personal space free but it, this was like you're legit way too comfortable with being on me i didn't like this so back to it i can't remember how the conversation went exactly but my muslim manager says nema is my work wife i remember freezing he then started says another staff member who was married was his other work wife she laughed it off saying he's always saying that i felt disgusted if I remember correctly, it was during one of the many times he told us about his really brief marriage to some woman. I never asked questions because I was never interested, but it seemed prior to me moving to the store. But it seems prior to me moving to the store, he had been in a marriage of a woman that barely lasted. The staff used to talk about it a lot. That conversation somehow led to me being announced as his work wife while he stood too close to me. So I need to take you guys back to the situation. So this is someone who I dislike. I've made it very clear that I don't like you, that you make me really uncomfortable. And this is like months, yeah, at least a couple months after the whole initial staring at me, gazing, like always looking. And I'm someone that's very bad with eye contact to start with, but to look up and have someone just gazing intently at me for no reason just never made sense. I'd be doing something, I'd look up and you're just staring at me. And I'd, I'd start to feel really conscious, conscious of myself and like what I was doing, what I was saying, whatever. And so for you, for us to all be standing having like a regular chat about anything, and for you to come literally shoulder to shoulder you're practically touching me and i have to move away and everyone's bantering and talking and then you just announce that i'm your work wife i really just felt like for me with my personality it was so abrupt i just i didn't understand where that came from i didn't understand why you would feel that we had that sort of relationship it was as though you was testing the water like i just I, I literally froze and I have a very expressive face. So then he calls the other girl his work wife and she's all like, ha ha ha, whatever. And she's all like, I'm married, da 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 da. And he was like, yeah, but you're married, da 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 da. And Matt's like, da da. And I was like, I've not, you know, like this other girl, I can be like, you guys have history. You've known each other for years, apparently. The store where you used to work before, you've brought her along. You guys have been working together for a good amount of years. There is something with your power couple whatever like i don't know what you want to call each other me you don't know and you just like he says that and he's bantering and everyone's laughing and i'm just frozen because this is someone that makes me really really uncomfortable as is and up until that point i felt like it was in my head but he's looking at me and he's in my personal space and he's calling me his wife after he was just talking about you know being in a marriage with someone and it not working i think it lasted like six days i don't even know it was like a really short time and I just felt very hypersensitive to that whole situation. Yeah, I, oh man, I hate it. When I think about it, it still gives me like the creeps because I just, I just felt so uncomfortable that day. 
Um, so yeah, back to it. I felt disgusted. Okay, now I've read that bit already. Okay, cool. Back to it again. The statement validated all my suspicions. This guy was intentionally in my space and staring at me. I wasn't imagining it. And now he's making a statement of it, almost looking for my cosign. If I laugh and banter it off, then this will be the running joke and a catalyst for worse. I didn't laugh. I made a rubbish excuse and I moved away. From then on, I hated work. I could be, it could be seen in my attitude. I'd be the first one out, I'd sit far away from the group and I'd call in sick on days when my manager was scheduled in and I couldn't stomach being with him. But he never said anything. He one day pulls me to the side and tells me how I used to be so sweet to him, but now I'm cold and how he felt like I faked my personality just to get the job, how he doesn't even know how to talk to me anymore. I felt bad for him. I wanted to reassure him that everything's fine, but I couldn't. I said I'd try to be better instead. But the gazes continued and I remained uncomfortable. Eventually he got promoted, but I still never said anything. I mean, he'd never actually done anything. Did he even harass me? I spent months navigating myself, my personality and my time around a man who made me uncomfortable rather than calling him out. I grew sensitive and anxious, always aware of where he would be, where he was, always aware of where he would be, where he was going to stand. I tried to preempt his moves, go for lunch after I'd seen him eat or heard him share his plans. I never wanted to be caught off guard all because I was protecting someone else, someone I didn't even care for. That's why I'm so pissed. When I think back to the situation, I'm annoyed at myself. I feel like a sham. This superwoman persona I parade in, open your mouth and here I am silent. I didn't speak out on a situation and I let the man continue with his behaviour, never once checking him and thus allowing him to be promoted into a higher position of power. If I felt powerless at him being a store manager with all my bravado and fearlessness, how would the next girl feel now he's higher ranking? I'm annoyed that a part of me still feels like it was my fault and all in my head that I dramatised the attention given and made it into more than it was. I was sensitive. I wrestled with the idea that it was sexual harassment or that I was harassed and I let it happen. If I read a story where someone is detailing events that happened to them and it feels a little too close to home, I scroll past. I never finish reading. I never want to know how it was labelled. Me too really shook the tree I live under. It's uncomfortable. It makes me hyper aware of how much I've betrayed myself, my values, how fraudulent I really am all the wrongs I've written as rights in my memory bank, how complicit I really am in the betrayal of women. I'm trying to navigate an energy-consuming world whilst relinquishing as little energy as possible. I, with my none of my business, just gonna mind my own, go hard or go home attitude, I'm finally starting to see how tiredness is part of the package when you're born female, how minding your business and working hard isn't enough. How the silent suffer, offer ourselves a sacrifice and if we don't speak out now, we choke on the words till eventually we either die or we vomit them out. I'm currently vomiting. I refuse to let mad men and women kill me. I rebuke it. I wish I can claim exaggeration for dramatic effects but the Nigerian jumped out. I honestly to God cannot come and kill myself on this formerly green earth of God that you people have come to ruin and demolish with your overconsumption and non-renewable lifestyle. I cannot allow you to come and kill me too. Nope, Tofiakwa. Tofiakwa means God forbid. I eventually left the company after a few more, more runnings with mad management. 
but when I think back to 2014, this incident sits firmly in my top five triggers for what was to follow that year. So 2014, or the end of 2014, was, sorry, I've ended the essay there. The end of 2014 was, you know, it was a bit of a messy year for me. And then I think 2015 was a bit worse. Yeah, 2015 was a bit yes, worse. So 2014 and 2015 were, um, they weren't like entirely crappy years, but they were kind of like, oof, stressful years. And when I think to 2014 being a catalyst of what was to come, this incident is one of the things I think about as what probably propelled my life to go in that direction obviously the main reason is because that is how it has been written and it's called the Allah. but there are things that impact who you become and 2014 me was someone who was going through a lot of things at a lot of like simultaneously and i remember my reaction when i like my natural personality when i'm overwhelmed is to throw everything away and just just i'm just i'm just gonna have fun i actually don't care anymore i'm just gonna just enjoy myself i'm just gonna enjoy this moment and i just throw away all my responsibilities and that usually works but in 2014 i crashed i really was just like boom like my body was like nope this is not going to work and so then i went into 2015 like this harsher mentality of like like if you think me and my energy consuming self now where i'm like nope 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 is mad 2015 was peak listen if it doesn't serve me i'm not about it i was like bulldozing through everything survival mode and trying to force things to happen my way or the highway and if things weren't happening the way i needed it to happen i was just not understanding why you know there's so many things and this is not to excuse anything that was done to me by other people because that's none of your business you just still treating me properly whether you knew or you didn't know it was just it was a heightened i think i was definitely in um in an adrenaline like flight or fight or flight mode it was a heightened period of my life and one of the main triggers has to be this thing with this guy because i was in a completely uncomfortable situation i was powerless and i didn't know the words to put in and i was internalizing the fact that this was me projecting this into my head and this was my fault and it's come with a lot of reading and understanding and learning to realize i actually was harassed by someone whether it was clear and by the book harassment or not he harassed me he made me feel really he continuously entered my personal space he continuously was staring at me he even made statements to you know make me uncomfortable he even pulled me to the side and spoke on the fact that i was cold to him and he didn't like that and he was constantly in my space to the point that he was enough to ruin my day seeing him was enough to determine the fact that whether i was going to go into work or not and when i think about it i think when i think of it like that and i think this one man was a big enough factor to mess up my day i i feel like something was done to me do you know and wrestling with that thought or trying to understand that thought has just been so so frustrating because had I been able to see this I would have been able to speak up but I wasn't able to speak up I didn't say anything I didn't do anything I didn't speak to HR because I actually just felt like you just firm it like this is you just firm it and now I'm like I'm not saying that if I'd go back in time I'd do things differently because I don't think I would 
and that's what pisses me off there's so many aspects to it that pisses me off what was done pisses me off but who i am and who i was and me in these situations pissed me off because it's like genuinely you can't do anything and now when i'm looking at the whole kavanaugh situation all these different women who are constantly being put to work to explain situations i can't help but feel like i i'm a perpetrator like i'm one of these people that i add to this i i partake in this 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 ideology that if you say something and although there's the few that ruin it for everyone you know gotta shout them out because facts are facts i just feel like i partake in the ideology that women have to come with a thousand and one evidences for them to be for them to be validated and i don't i don't believe it's true and i can understand why it's not true but it's still the way society has raised us all where someone can say something and you be like hmm you know oof, you know like i, just, I don't want to comment i don't want to say it. I, don't, I don't know like it's so mad and i think like i mentioned that i worked with my friend like a really good friend and if i said to her did you think xyz was a creep i don't think she would have the same response as me because i don't think she was on the same receiving end as me and that's what makes it really weird because she was loving off work and i was hating it simultaneously and she didn't know and we we worked together we go uni together we were seeing each other pretty much every day i was driving down to her house this girl was in my face and if we look back at our experiences we both have two different experiences and so her experience of him totally in a way invalidates and not even invalidates just negates mine because i can't be like he was a creep if she didn't experience him as a creep that's how i've always felt i've always felt like i can't how am i the only one like i've always felt i needed someone else to validate everything i felt and no one else was there because no one else saw it like that and then sometimes i'm like maybe i just don't understand oops my bad maybe i don't understand male humor or maybe i just but then i'm like i have friends and my friends don't treat me like this no one makes these comments no one looks at me like this and then it's weird because sometimes you get those looks from someone and it's a want and it's like it's not wanted but it's not unwanted so you feel like certain be I, I just so hard to navigate and the whole situation the more i think about it, the more i talk about it, everything just pisses me off like it's just so frustrating and it's just so annoying that you can just exist and people can get under your skin like this like to be gazed at like that to be referred to like that to be seen like that and it's unwanted is yeah i didn't realize just how much of a number it did on me but when i think back i definitely think this this thing really impacted me and and to be honest i'm done i was done i'm, I'm not interested in being someone's object of affection like that like i don't know i just i just don't know like I, i'm just ugh, i don't know how to close i don't know what to say but you can probably tell that i'm still working through a lot of this but i just wanted to do that i want to talk on sexual harassment i just wanted to say like first of all believe women because we're seeing a rise in women speaking out and it is very very important that we believe them because it takes so much courage to speak out it takes so much you know strength mental strength to speak against the doubt to stand up against the doubt that you have because you're your own worst enemy as well you're sitting there looking in the mirror thinking oh it was probably my fault i i partook in this too i must have did something oh you know i did say yes to that second drink i don't drink but you know several situations where you're just like well i did sit next to him and you know i did let him walk me home and it was all fine like 
this is such a fine line between consensual behavior and non-consensual and unwanted behavior not non-consensual it's like when things are wanted it's very clear and everything but then as soon as someone crosses the line you know they've crossed the line they may not necessarily know they've crossed the line initially but there are obviously there are some things that are definitely like red flags don't do don't hit someone obviously like i'm like i don't have to explain it but there's it's like a really thin but clear line like it's a clear clear line but really thin line between wanted behavior and unwanted behavior some of it can be fixed by communication where you can go oh you know i do like you but you're moving a bit too fast you mind slowing down and that person will be like yeah yeah yeah, sure don't worry, we'll just go at your pace let me know when you're ready lovely communicated behavior and then there's this like you're moving too fast no babe it's all right it's all right no like, like it's, this is perfect this is great and that person is just forcing their just and then all of a sudden that situation is tarnished and you're like well i did want to but did it ah but did ah but and now you're just confused in a mess because someone didn't want to respect your boundaries it was a very clear line why do people not want to respect their boundaries do not touch me without my permission do not come into my space without my permission i speak on this a lot i hate being touched and it's always highlighted and it's it's mad because i feel like the main reason i hate being touched is society and the fact that i'm a woman and the fact that i'm hyper aware of my female existence and my presence as a woman so when i'm walking alone or i'm doing something alone and you touch me i literally jump out of my skin because i'm like i'm gonna get attacked that's shit and that's just part of being a muslim woman as well and i there's several situations where someone has touched me there was a guy i think i've spoken about this at the when I went to do my shop at Iceland and I was asking for sugar and he was like, he didn't know where the sugar was. So I walked away and me, I guess maybe my headphones were on something. I don't know, but he comes after me and he grabs me by the arm and I, I, I almost died. Like everything jumped out of me and he saw that I was just shocked when I turned around. Cause I was like, what the hell? And then he's just like, oh, here's the sugar. And the sugar was right next to us. It was like cute banter. So he must've just wanted to reach out and be like, oh, it was right under our noses, LOL. But I was just so frightened by that situation, that brief thing where someone has just reached out and just grabbed me. It wasn't even malicious. It wasn't vicious. It was just a, hold up, hold up, don't go. And he's grabbed me and I've panicked. And it, it just highlights to me how much I hate people entering my personal space, how much I hate people touching me without consent. I hate being grabbed. If Even if I'm walking, my brothers know it. If I'm walking, my brothers come behind me and they grab me by my shoulder. I almost die. I literally just pass out like my legs get weak because i'm just like oh my god i'm dead that's just why i think i just think i'm dead i think i've been attacked i think something's going to happen and then my brother's just there looming over me laughing banter they think it's funny i'm like someone has to carry me up the stairs now because my legs are gone so it's been nims and sexual harassment i've gone off for way too long oh god i'm really failing to keep these under 20 minutes but yeah so welcome guys goodbye